My name is Christina Glass, and welcome to the second installment of our story on Cape Lock. I've been working at KINH for about four years as an investigative reporter. So far, we have uncovered some information about our town, Lake City, Colorado, and the residents that reside here, my neighbors, my community. It's a story that has shown to have deeper layers than we ever thought possible, and that may sadly be connected to the death of an innocent young man, Jeremy Rogers. Jeremy was just 17 years old. He had sandy blonde hair and loved to play sports, and had a great interest in baseball. I remember him. Actually, talking with him and interacting with him. He was sensitive and kind. Jeremy had been a shining star at many school and town events, playing for a band that he started in his garage. He will be deeply missed, and Lake City mourns his death. To summarize our latest installment, we've interviewed a few residents here about their experiences with Cape Lock, the town that may or may not exist. Uh, it's an unknown number. Don't pick it up. Pick it up, Christina. We ended our two days of investigation with an unknown caller. I'll answer any questions you have, but meet me 24 hours at the city park, okay? Alone. Just you, Christina. With me is Andy Richter, a neuropsychologist working in Regis University, and Fred Marsh, the lead investigative detective at the Lake City Police Department. Stay with us. Tomorrow... We have someone that can meet tomorrow that's lived there? I'm sorry if I'm being rude, but we should hurry up and talk before I have to go back to the station. Right. Sorry. Andy, we should talk about the call later. We can answer any questions you might have about the tragedy. All right. First, tell me what Cape Lock is. It's a town we're investigating. Apparently people here in Lake City have memories of this town, but there's no proof that it exists. Yet. There's also the man that just called. He could have proof that the place is real. Who have you interviewed? How long has this investigation been going on for? Here's a list of people who've reported memories of the town. The highlighted names are people we've already talked to. Uh, But we also have corresponding audio interviews if you want to take a listen to them. Sure. Let's see them. We showed him all of the interviews of the town that we had. The whole time, his brows furrowed. He listened to Eddie and then old lady Susan. He stopped when he heard his wife's voice. You came to a few of the get-togethers we've had here, right? I've heard enough. Thank you. Can I see that list? How did you make this? People called in. Christina made an announcement on the radio to contact her. Can you make a copy of this for me? Is this a list of everyone you plan on contacting? Yeah, it's pretty much everyone in town. Here. Everyone on this list is a suspect of this crime. What? Why is that? I mean, I doubt that old lady Susan did this. He was just a boy. A boy who is somehow connected to your investigation. I intend to find out who did this and why. How is he connected to our investigation? In what way? You went to his house. He reported the town. Cape Lock. Someone else must have known about it. And... Thanks to you guys, I have a list of people who do. The call proves that more people know about it. That guy, whoever he was, he he might not even be from here. 
this town has been reported everywhere from Ohio to Utah. This Jeremy kid was murdered about an hour ago. For all I know, the culprit is sleeping in a motel off the highway by Denver. Until further notice, your investigation on Cape Lock is closed. I don't want you snooping around where your noses don't belong. As much as it was a possible danger, the two of us decided to continue our investigation. I didn't want to disregard Detective Fred's change of plans, but Andy insisted that we did. Ugh, this isn't a murder case. I'm sorry for what happened to Jeremy. I really am. But this investigation is to rationalize why people are remembering this town and whether it does or doesn't exist. Not about why Jeremy's dead. I'm sorry. Call me insensitive, but I don't like how you two are trying to connect these two together. Andy, the best case scenario is that these cases aren't connected. The worst case scenario is that somebody killed a kid to keep his mouth shut. And at the end of the day, he's dead. Jeremy is dead. What scares you more, that we might have a lead to this town or that we might be next? Don't talk in absolutes. You're always first to jump the gun like this. I'm just saying what's on my mind. Look, let's just eat and prepare for the interview tomorrow. That night, after digging out our car and driving back to our hotel room, we tiredly began to make specific plans on how we would talk to the stranger and started to plan in case he was somehow lying or a danger in any way. Andy would be in constant surveillance in the car while the interview took place. We received a call from the man once more, advising us to meet at noon, but plans change. I woke up at 6 a.m. Andy was still sound asleep in the bed adjacent to mine. I called the mysterious Cape Lock resident. Sure enough, whoever they were, they were awake. Hello? He reluctantly agreed to wait for me in the park as I hastily drove downtown. I nervously gripped the wheel. All I could do was hope that the man was telling the truth and that Andy wouldn't mind that I took the car back into the snowstorm. Okay, there is a man standing by the park bench. He's wearing a parka. His hands are out of his pockets. It seems like no one's around. I think this might be my guy. I'll have to be cautious, but he doesn't seem dangerous. It wasn't until I walked up to the mysterious figure and actually saw his familiar face that I began to feel safe. Mr. Bennett? Hey, Christina. I'm glad you came. Mr. Arnold Bennett is Lake City High's math teacher. He's a relatively quiet man, but he has a robust interest in robotics and electronics. As you'll probably tell, I was quite anxious, so I do apologize for some of my behavior in the following interview. I may seem a bit paranoid. I know you have many questions, but I only have some answers. Some. I'm gonna have to keep some things to myself. Of course. Um, do you mind if we walk around? Uh, Yeah, that's fine, as long as we remain in the park. Sure. So, uh, start your questioning. I don't have too much time to waste. Well, I guess we can start this off with a simple one. How do you know about Cape Lock? I lived there not too long ago, just before I got a job here. Were you a teacher there as well? No, uh, I was an engineer. An engineer for what, exactly? That I can't answer. Where is Cape Lock? 
Miss Glass, you're asking the wrong questions. What do you mean? I can only give you a certain amount of information. You're a reporter. I'm sure you know how to word your questions. All right, then. Which state is Cape Lock in? That's a, a little better. To protect the identity of those who live there, I can only say that it's everywhere. But you can't find it with regular maps and whatnot. And who lives there? What are their roles in the town? Great questions. I never talked to the people there, but I do know what they were there for. It was work. A very specific kind of work. Work like yours? No. No, not at all. So the town is real, correct? Do you have any proof? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's in my house. I'm not sure if you feel comfortable coming with me, but everything you need for proof is there. Could you possibly pick them up and bring them here? Uh, I, I don't have a lot of time left in town, Christina. Why? Where are you going? That's something I also can't say. And why is that? They're listening. I'm sure they are, so I won't be in this town anymore. And who are they? <sighs> Sorry, I I can't answer that. It's fine. It's your safety you're looking out for. These people, whoever they are, they don't want you talking about the town, do they? Let's keep moving on. I want to talk about Jeremy. Sure. Did you... I was their teacher, his and Michael's. The two were inseparable. If you want to find out more about Jeremy, you should talk to Michael. Jeremy used to live in Cape Lock, correct? He used to work there as well. As the gas pump assistant... Did you ever talk to him while you were in the town? No. I'd seen him, but no. We were never in immediate contact. Is there anyone else from the town we can talk to? No. I'm sorry. That man. Does he look like he's watching us? Uh, that's, that's Rhett. He's just open in the post office. Sorry, I was just making sure. Oh, you're fine. You're staying safe. That's good. You're leaving today because you fear for your safety? Because of what happened to Jeremy? Um, thank you for your time. Do you think you can pick up your proof of Cape Lock? Uh, no. I'll be entrusting that with the next person you should talk to. A researcher. A researcher? Yeah, we've, we've wasted far too much time. But I, I still have many more questions. And he will have the answers. My answers and the proof. Find him. He's not here in Lake City, but somewhere else. Where? Tennessee. He's a researcher in Tennessee. What does he research? That's for you to find out, but I'll leave you with this. He has no connection to Cape Lock, but he does have a connection to Lake City. I don't understand how I'm going to find him. Uh, don't worry. Once you find him, you'll be safe. He won't go looking for him. He's not in danger like I am. Have you ever seen that docu-series on international mysteries? The one hosted by Amelia Haddock? No, it's not really my type of show. Why do you ask? Just one of the episodes I think you'll get a good kick out of. Something about underground tunnels. Those were the last words he said to me. What was once a dark and cold forest soon enveloped us in a warm sunrise. He walked me to my car, and he kissed me on the cheek. He seemed disappointed. I'm not sure about what exactly. Arnold Bennett walked back to his car, and he made his way back home to pack his things and leave Lake City. Probably for good. 
As I sat in my car, I felt alone while the cold seeped through the windows. That feeling of being watched, studied, invaded, it was gone. I think that the warmth of his kiss was reassurance that I wasn't alone. But in the car, sitting in an empty parking lot, it was difficult to remember that. I was going to get you breakfast, but looks like you took the car with you. Look, I know how it seems, and I have to show you something. What were you thinking? I don't even know what I would have done if you'd gotten hurt or or worse. You went out to talk with someone who could have been armed, dangerous, deranged. Please, don't act like I'm someone who needs to be protected. I slept without a tent in the woods when I investigated the Lee family, and he didn't even worry about me then. And then, when I went to investigate Area 51 and almost got shot in the head by a guard, you didn't do anything that time. So now you're worried about some guy on the phone? Who's to say I didn't worry all those times? Who's to say you're not always on my mind? Uh, why would I be on your mind? You're a close friend is all, and this is dangerous work. I just wanted you to know that I'm worried. I I appreciate it. But if I hadn't gone out earlier, we wouldn't have what we have now. After the inevitable argument that I had been rehearsing in the car in advance before arriving back to the hotel, we reviewed the interview and talked about what Mr. Bennett was saying. A lot of what he said was vague, but we did have more insight on the town than many people would have. We knew that, for some unknown reason, the town needed engineers. We also know that there was a specific line of work that almost everyone in the town had worked in. A whole town running on the same occupation. We hit a wall when it came to finding out who this person in Tennessee was. That is, until I streamed an episode of Control-Alt-Deleted, the episode that Mr. Bennett had recommended. That's when we saw him. Hello. My name is Everett Cooper. I'm a paranormal researcher here in Sparta, Tennessee. Uh, how do I how do I sound? A man with large horn-rimmed glasses was being interviewed by Amelia Haddock. The more he spoke, the more it all made sense as to who we were watching. So, uh, I've been researching a lot of paranormal anomalies here in my hometown, Lake City. When I was a child, I got lost playing in the mine shafts. Soon enough, I realized it was actually a strange tunnel system that went underneath the whole town. I chuckled as he told the story that many children who grew up in Lake City, myself included, had heard and retold countless times. It was as though I was seeing someone I had known my whole life, yet was a complete stranger. That's him. That's gotta be. Well, we have to go to Sparta, Tennessee. Well, hang on. Right now? No, Andy, next Christmas. I mean, as soon as we finish our next interview. We could still buy our tickets right now. Do you know how much it'll cost us to fly out on this short of notice? No, but K-I-N-H will. Uh, They'll be paying for the trip. Don't worry. After buying two round-trip tickets to Sparta, Tennessee, we were on our way to Michael's house once more for an interview. Well, he's not doing so great after what happened. Let me know what he says. We'll be right outside this door. Thank you, Mr. Andrews. Hey, Michael. How have you been? We've been worried sick about you, man. Thanks. It's been... Well, to be honest, kind of just horrible. Plates littered his desk. Clothes were thrown around the room, and the curtains were drawn shut, shining away the soft sunlight from entering. 
we wanted to talk to you uh, about your friend, Jeremy. Sure, but can I just say something? Of course. Let us know about anything you need. And just so you know, I'm okay with this being on the radio. Sure, we're all ears. I think... Just... I, I feel guilty, you know, keeping this whole thing a secret. <laughs> Jeremy and I have been dating for about a year now, and it's always been a secret, and I, I don't know, I just think that his suicide was because of everything we've been through. <laughs> we sat down and consoled him. We told him how brave he was for telling us what had been bothering him. After we gave him some water, it was as though a weight was lifted from his shoulders. Hey, you good? I'll be okay. This is hard to deal with. It's just too, you know... Well, you're not alone in this. You've always got us. Thank you. I appreciate you two coming out here. Just let me know if you need a break, or some water, or anything. A anything at all. We just want to talk about Jeremy. Do you think we can do that? Yeah. He's all I've been able to think about. We want to know more about his past in Cape Lock. We want to know more about what he was like and about what he usually did there. Well, I met him when he was adopted by the Rogers. And when was he adopted? Around when he was 15 or 16 years old, I think. Hmm, not too long ago. I didn't think that was legal to adopt so late. I guess it was. Then Cape Lock before his adoption... Let us know if you need any space. Take all the time you need. Thank you. It's just... He trusted me with all of this, so it only makes sense to share his story with the world. Um, well... He had worked before the gas pump. He... He needed money badly. He had abusive parents and... He had to sell himself for money. Prostitution? At the age of around 15... He had a rough childhood. I, I didn't... I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. There's no reason to be. He was happy. At least he was before he passed away. That's kind of what keeps me going. You told us you've visited the town, correct? Jeremy and I drove through it for a road trip, but we didn't stay very long. I took a video there, but it's not that long. Do you mind showing us? Uh, sure, here. Babe's been driving for over 10 hours. I don't know how he did it. I just want food in me. <laughs> Make a funny face to the camera. Don't film here. They'll... Uh, don't, 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 I don't. think the video just got stuck or corrupted or something. Sorry, like I said, I don't have much info on the town itself. You're fine. You two sound cute together. <laughs> Thank you. I miss him. We appreciate your time. We'll come by again later, hopefully. Miss Glass? What is it, Michael? I don't know how much trouble I'll get in, but... I don't think he killed himself. I'm sorry? I was the only person he trusted his life with. I've known him for a while in ways I never thought I would know someone. So please, just answer me. Do you think it was a suicide? I don't think it would be very professional of myself to answer that, but... Saved by the bell. 
You can go take that. I'm about to go wash these dishes real quickly. Fred Marsh was on the other end of the call. He was in the hospital with Eddie Myers, our first interviewee. And old lady Susan was detained for attempted murder. We arrived at the hospital as the day began to grow darker. I'm here with KINH. I'm, I'm here to see Eddie Myers, per the request of Officer Fred Marsh. We entered the silent hospital, and we walked swiftly to see Eddie's condition. Fred stood outside of the door to greet us, his arms crossed over his chest. Let's talk before you interview the man. He's in no condition to talk so soon. What the fuck happened? Calm down. He's fine. At least, here in the hospital he is. He'll be recovering from his wounds, hopefully, before Christmas. Tell us what happened first. From what we've concluded, Susan Neal attacked him with a syringe. It was smashed and found in his home, which was the scene of the crime. Copious amounts of different drugs. She resorted to using a kitchen knife and stabbed him three times. He should be fine, but he took a lot of the damage in one of his lungs. Can we talk to him? It would be strange not to. He's been calling for you by name. Eddie Myers was healthy and robust the last time we had talked to him, but now he was pale in the fluorescent lighting. His arm was still covered in flakes of dried blood and he had been changed into a hospital gown. His eyes were half open, and his breath was unsteady and shaky. We tried to keep the question short and scarce. Christina. How are you? When did this happen? Andy, let him rest. He needs it. He called us here. I'm sure he has something to tell us. It was her. Susan. I noticed she tried to put someone in my coffee at the diner. But I didn't drink it. She started acting strange and followed me home. And she attacked me. She was yelling about the segment on the radio. Our interview yesterday about Cape Lock. That boy, Jeremy, I know she did it. You can try to ask her. Yourself. I don't know if she'll cooperate. I know she killed that boy. <laughs> Just rest. Thank you for this. I'm really glad that you're safe here in the hospital. They patched me up nice. Don't worry too much about me. All right. Just tell me. Tell me about the town. I want to know the truth. Don't you? The truth? (laughs) That's what this is all about. 
Is it not? The truth. It's a powerful thing. I think that you're risking your life as well covering this story. <laughs> but please know that the truth hurts most of the time. It can hurt other people around you. <laughs> Not trying to scare you here. Just wanted to let you know what you're putting on the line here. <laughs> you should ask yourself if the truth is worth finding. <sighs> Thank you, Eddie. I leaned in, and I gave him a small hug. He held my hand and offered a prayer. We sat quietly as Andy made his way outside with Officer Marsh to talk about Susan. May God bless your soul, Christina. I believe in you. Thanks, Eddie. Uh, get well soon. I've lived a full life. I can die here satisfied. The question is, will you be satisfied in your death? That's all I want out of this, Christina. Find out what the fuck is up with that town. Christina. Marsh said he had her confession on tape. He'll be sending it over to you tonight. I'll, I'll need to thank him later. So, right now, we need to get our stuff, and we need to pack up for t- Uh... What? Why did you just kiss me? I, I, I don't know. That was uncalled for. Y yeah? C completely. Well, I'm sorry you hated it so much. I just... I just wanted to do it now and get it out of the way. What for? I'm not... I'm not going to Tennessee with you. I don't feel safe. And I know you probably won't want to hear from me a while if you went alone. Might as well have gotten my feelings out of the way. So you're just going to let me go by myself? Weren't you the one blabbering on about how all you wanted was for me to be safe and that that was all you wanted? Of course I do, but... I was hoping that you would stay, too. Try to find a way to interview him through Skype or something. We used to do that all the time when we were quarantined earlier this year, remember? No. Arnold Bennett told me to meet him. It's the only way. It's the safest way. What if it's a trap, and you're falling right for it? Yeah, and what if it's the truth? And what if Everett Cooper is the next step to all of this? You're talking in absolutes again. And you're not? All I'm saying is I don't want to end up like Eddie. You are such a fucking asshole, you know that? Where are you going? Sparta, Tennessee. And if you were as dedicated to this as I am, you would go too. I stormed off to the hotel room, throwing everything I owned into a small 14 by 22 inch luggage bag upon my arrival, struggling to snap it closed. As I walked out, two tickets in hand, I decided to call someone else for help. Hello? Hi, Michael. 
Um, I wanted to tell you something. I was with Officer Marsh earlier tonight. I told him the truth. The confession Susan had given and about Eddie being in the hospital. He was almost in shock when I told him what I needed him to do. I talked with his father, a single parent, and I tried my best to explain the whole situation and my proposal to his son. He agreed, under certain conditions. I'm not 18 yet. Should I be worried? Ages 15 and above can fly as unaccompanied minors, but either way you're flying with me, so you won't be unaccompanied. Right, of course. I'm just nervous. You have everything my dad gave you? Yeah, uh, even though I consider it a little bit excessive, I don't even think I can bring a taser on board, so I just kind of left it in your room, in a drawer. But you have everything. Yeah, I have your okay, health insurance, uh, EpiPen, Zoloft, you have depression. Mild, it's nothing serious. Well, either way, I'm going to make sure you'll be taking these daily. Your dad put me in charge. Yeah, I got that. Thank you again for choosing me to come with you to Tennessee, even though I had, like, no time to pack. We're only going to be there for a day or two, so your backpack should be fine. It mainly has books, snacks, and my Switch. Oh, you have a Nintendo Switch in there? What, should I have not brought it? No, I'm just glad I've got something to do on the plane. Bet I can beat you in Mario Kart. (laughs) Bet. What do you mean? You don't think I can? I mean, I'm not that old. If that's what you're thinking. I'm just... Older. Delta's now boarding gate 8 TV, Denver, Colorado, to Sparta, Tennessee. Thank you! That's us. Oh, Christina, I've been meaning to ask. Yeah? Do you have to record everything? Uh, it's my job, so yeah. This was supposed to be the end of today's installment, until I reviewed the tape that Officer Marsh had sent me. For the safety of our audience, what follows may be disturbing to some listeners. Discretion is advised. Susan, do you know why you're here? Please, I don't know what is going on. Whoever hurt Eddie, they're still out there. Susan, shut up. I know James paid you off. Fred, I don't know who that is. You're going to have to let me go before I die of confusion. When did he pay you off? Was it when you first visited Cape Lock? I don't know where that is. Yesterday. K-I-N-H, off the map. You were interviewed by Christina. You're lying, and you know it. Fred! How much did he pay you? Shut up! You have three seconds to tell me why you're killing people here. I don't know what you're... One. Please, I'm just an old lady. Two. I have a family. I don't know what you want. Three. Okay, I did it. I did it. What was the motive? Why did you try to kill Eddie? You two were best friends at one point. Simple. I needed him to stay quiet. Just like Jeremy. Are you admitting that you killed Jeremy Rogers? Of course I killed that little fucker. He was whoring around in Cape Lock. He knew way too much and almost completely stopped what James tried so desperately to execute. You're quite a talker. Well, I'm already dead. Why did you kill Jeremy Rogers? What does it matter to you, you pig? I eat people like you for breakfast. I see you have a sense of humor. I don't think you'll be laughing for too long. What does that even- (laughs) A broken nose. I think that's nothing compared to what you did to Eddie. And it's like a walk in the park compared to what I'll do to you if you don't tell me the truth. Now tell me, 
Why the fuck you're here? Who sent you? What? Were you going to get me next? Arnold Bennett, maybe? Christina Glass? Maybe I should have left like he did. You're going to take everyone out, huh? Everyone from Cape Lock. Anyone who's been there. Anyone who knows what kind of business they run there. Admit it! Fuck off, you piece of shit. You were there, too. <laughs> what if your wife found out about all those odds you've been fucking... You've no idea what I did in that town. How much is he paying you? <laughs> Let's just say this broken nose is just an excuse for a nose job. You're trying to get rid of us. Did it happen again? Did all his employees suddenly go missing again? You and your buddies did it again, huh? <laughs> Don't you know that you're accomplishing nothing? You're not saving their lives. You're fucking up other people's. He'll keep replacing them and replacing them. Because that's all they are. <laughs> <laughs> Christina, Christina, I will be sending you this. Do not panic. Do not cause a scene. Go and find Everett. If you stop this investigation, I'll make sure your friend Andy pays for it. Nighthawks presents Cape Lock, an audio podcast. Stay tuned for the next installment releasing next week. And hey, thanks for listening.